This is Dr. Courtney Tracy, also known as the Truth Doctor. Welcome to Your Unconscious is Showing, a no BS podcast platform created to discuss the underlying truths beneath our daily lives and what and who we think we are. Today's episode is on criticism and how our perspective on ourselves and others can be either solely rooted in cruelty, ego, and a lack of compassion, or in care, connection, and a desire to see someone grow, including yourself. I'm excited for you all to hear it. If you enjoy this episode, please leave me a review. Also, I would appreciate you taking a screenshot of the episode and having you share it with your loved ones on social media, tagging both your unconscious is showing and the period truth period doctor so I know you loved it. The more people who hear these truth messages, the more the world is getting better a little at a time. Enjoy. Welcome to episode two of Your Unconscious is Showing. Right now I am sitting in what I am calling my Truth Doctor studio. And I am thinking about the fact that I'm going to be talking to you all today about criticism. And I think it's a really interesting topic for me to be discussing because for some of you, um, you may know that I spent a lot of my life criticizing myself. I just recently turned 30 years old and <laughs> my life was mostly criticizing myself and everyone around me. And while I'm going to have what I called groundbreaking guests on my podcast for the first few episodes, probably around the first four or five. It's just gonna be me talking with you guys, allowing you guys to start to get used to what my voice sounds like when I'm not answering questions for people on, on lives, on social media, um, and a little bit about how I interpret a lot of the things that we would consider to be under the category of mental health. If you don't already, please do follow my Instagram at your unconscious is showing and the period truth period doctor where you will continue to get information about how the mind works, anxiety, trauma, depression, and most of the posts on your unconscious is showing um, are going to be helpful prompts and tips and tools for you based on the topics of each episode. So why do I wanna to talk to you guys about criticism today? Well, I released the first episode of my podcast on my 30th birthday and I was out at dinner or I was out at lunch with my husband and we were getting sushi in Newport Beach at this new place because we recently just moved to Orange County, back to Orange County. I was born and raised in Orange County. And as I was eating, I received an email. I got an email from one of my podcast listeners, one of my followers on social media, and he shared with me that he was essentially disappointed in the podcast. And his notations included things like wanting to hear more of me unscripted, wanting to hear more of my take on whatever topics I'm going to be discussing coming from a way similar to how I act on my lives, which is raw, real, um, unscripted, and just discussing whatever comes up for me based on my experiences and my education. Now, I have a very critical mind, and for any of you who are listening, I'm sure that you are used to having a critical mind. If you've ever been criticized in your life or if you've ever felt bad about yourself, it's so much easier for us to take in the negative statements about ourselves and the negative statements that other people say about us because that's what our mind likes to do. Our mind likes to categorize things that we hear and say about ourselves that are positive as little check boxes in the list of reasons why we may have worth, but that becomes less qualifying to us. It becomes less important to us. And instead, what we tend to focus on for reasons of safety, reasons of security, reasons of looking out for danger and knowing where our weaknesses are so that we can know where to improve is we absorb more so things that people say negatively about us or things that we perceive negatively 
although they may not be intentioned to be negative. It's easy for us to get stuck. It's easy for us to get stuck when we have this list of things that we think negatively about ourselves or that others think neg negatively about us. Um, we can get stuck just simply observing the list and not take that list as an opportunity for us to better ourselves. I think we like to feel a lot of the times like we just wanna be accepted for who we really are in the moment and not always have to be striving for something greater. So we get stuck. We get stuck in the fact that we feel judged for who we are in the moment and it prevents us from being able to move forward towards who we want to become and who the people around us that may care for us want us to become because they're aligned with our goals, they're aligned with our message and they are aligned with our purpose in life. So I got this email and my critical mind immediately wanted to go to, oh my God, this means that the podcast is horrible. Um, and I actually have gotten only positive feedback from everyone. There's been hundreds of people who have listened to the podcast so far, except for just a few people. And two of them were primarily negative and it's, it appeared to just be simple criticism which I'm gonna dive into the difference between these two for you guys on this call. And then this email came off as constructive. And it really led me to a place where I think that it's so important that I share with you guys the most recent studies on criticism and my belief on criticism and how criticism can be good for us and how criticism can be bad for us and how the way that we provide criticism to ourselves and to others makes all the difference. I spent a lot of my life self-loathing. And so in getting this email, which was pretty lengthy, but I did appreciate, my body started to react. My body started to react with the anxious mechanisms that it has accrued over the last three decades. Whenever I feel threatened, whenever I feel judged, whenever I feel like my well-being and my creativity and myself, my capital S self, is being ridiculed. Now this email did not do that, but that was my initial somatic response. And my husband has helped me over the years to realize this somatic response. And over the course of my education through becoming a doctor of clinical psychology, I've learned that my critical mind was created from a variety of different experiences that I accumulated over the course of my lifetime. That include hearing my mother speak negatively about herself constantly and judging myself. Like I wasn't judged by others until I judged myself because it was through the act of judging myself based off of the mirroring of the behaviors of my mother and of other people in my family that I began to shut down, that I began to pull away from my connection with life and my connection to who I was. And so I judged myself so much so that I isolated, so much so that I did not want people to see who I really was. And for those of you who saw my recent YouTube video, you know that my conclusion is that that became very confusing for people. And it made people have a hard time fit, putting together a picture of who I was. So I was confusing and I likely came off weird and, isolate, and isolative. Um, and I wonder if that resonates with any of you that are listening to this podcast episode today. Are there parts of yourself that you feel so uncomfortable with that you shy away from expressing that part of you? Are there parts of yourself that others have judged so intensely that the moment that you think about those parts of yourself or the moment that those parts of yourself are brought up, that you shut down or you have an anxious response or you add it to the accumulated self-loathing that you have been growing for however long you've been growing it? I want you to keep that in mind. I want you to keep in mind while you're listening to this podcast of any parts of yourself that you dislike, that you criticize. And we're gonna talk later on in the podcast about where 
these may have been rooted in and why you've been holding on to them for so long and how to differentiate between criticism, constructive criticism, and just plain criticism. And a way that we can call that is destructive criticism. So there's constructive and destructive. And it's very important that we pay attention to where did this language come from? Where did these somatic responses come from? Where when we are told something about ourselves that is deemed some type of judgment that we react in one way or another. I was able to now, based on where I'm at in my life today, see this email, experience the somatic response that I experienced, and then pause and go and work together in a collaborative nature with my husband who I, co I constantly have to do that because I've only been out of my self-critical mind for about, I would say four years and maybe five years. And so I have one fifth of my life that has been progressive and the other four fifths that have been self-deprecating. So I'm definitely still on my way of finding a good balance between those two things. And so my husband has a very stable mind and he was able to help me. I said, okay, tell me what you think about the first episode. And he said, well, you told me not to say anything initially because you had already filmed it and you wanted to release it on your 30th birthday. So I didn't really want to provide you the feedback because I wanted you to enjoy the date of your release. But I, but I agree with the email. I think that you are better raw. I think that you are better authentic. And I know that that's what you want to be. And to be honest, I feel like part of your concern was that you didn't want to be criticized and you didn't want to be as raw as you are on lives, but I never understood why. And I really liked that feedback because all that I'm hearing from my husband and all that I'm hearing in this email is we love you and we like you and we just want you to be you. And I realized that while I really enjoyed the research for the first episode and I really enjoyed the way that I was able to connect through my written words to all of my listeners, I really want this to be more free-flowing because it's gonna give me permission to fuck up every now and then. And hopefully that will give you permission to fuck up every now and then and to be your authentic self and to to, to show up in ways where it may be uncomfortable for you initially, but it's, but it's, it's helpful. It's gonna help you grow. It's gonna help you transform. And we can get stuck, you know, you guys, like we can get stuck in reverting back to what feels safe. And sometimes safety is not necessarily where we grow. It's not necessarily where we learn new experiences, where we get to see what we're capable of and what we're not capable of. And it's okay if we're not capable of it. At least through these experiences, we know whether we are, whether we're not, and we can pivot or we can change or we can keep doing it imperfectly. Um, so this topic for the episode is on criticism and how we get through life knowing that there are so many different people in the world that are all living through their own perspectives and their own lenses of life and how do we absorb what's helpful and learn to set a boundary internally or verbally or physically or socially or intellectually against those, people's, those people whose criticism is simply cruel and destructive. Let's talk about cruel criticism. And towards the end of the episode, we will talk about constructive criticism, what it looks like, how you can provide it, um, and how you can respond to it. So cruel criticism, destructive criticism. When someone criticizes us with no intention other than to criticize us, it's like, it really is a sign that they lack self-compassion for themselves. We all learn our behaviors from somewhere. We can learn them in school, we can learn them socially, we can learn them through our family dynamics, we can learn them through observation of television shows and movies and music, um, or we can learn it from having a lack of mirroring of our own emotions and a lack of compassion from others onto ourselves. But when we lack compassion for ourselves, it disconnects us from any type of compassion that we could have for others. 
And, and I, I know, you know, what may be coming up for you guys to a degree is, well, I don't have self-compassion, but I definitely have compassion for others. And so I want you to know that there's a difference. There's a difference between have, being compassionate towards others and truly having compassion for everything that they may be going through. And, and in order to have true compassion for others, you have to have self-compassion. You have to accept the parts of yourself. Because if let's say, for example, that you accept what everybody else's body looks like in the world, but you don't accept what your body looks like. In the world, there are people whose bodies look like yours. And in a way that means that you don't actually accept the body in all forms. It's through the acceptance of all and the aversion of none that we learn how real compassion can change people's lives. So when we're being cruel or when someone is being cruel to us, it really is about something, some belief system, some lack that either we believe that we have or that we believe the world has. And, and it's just, it's non-acceptance. It's non-acceptance of ourselves and it's non-acceptance of others. And so when someone is cruel to us, when someone engages in destructive criticism towards us, it means that there's a lack of compassion there in some form. And it's really important for us to recognize that when someone judges us, like when some, there were a few people that said that me making all of my courses free was a marketing ploy, which I shared a little bit about in the captions of some of my recent social media posts. What I see when that type of stuff happens, and I bring this up as an example because I think it will be really helpful for you. What I see when that happens is I see that this person is wearing a lens of their life where there can't be real generosity and there can't be real goodness. And there always has to be an underlying motive for why someone would do something good for someone else. And that's what I see. I, I see that somewhere in, down the line, somewhere during this person's life experience, either they needed a handout and they didn't receive it, or they needed a handout or they needed help. And it came along with something that they needed to do or something that they had to give. And it wasn't actually free and it wasn't actually just given. Or they experienced someone that they care about experience that experience. And so it's important that we remember that everybody sees life through their own lens. And when someone is criticizing you, they are seeing you through their lens. They are not necessarily seeing you through the lens of how everyone else is going to see you or how you should see yourself or how you actually exist and who you really are. And that first step when you are being cruelly criticized and destructively criticized is to realize this is their perception. Their perception is not the truth. And as the truth doctor, it's very important for you to understand that, to understand that not only are other people's perceptions of you not reality, good or bad, because we have to make sure that we also don't attach ourselves to the good, but that the bad also should not be an indicator of the truth. And our own perceptions of others, the exact same rule applies. We see the world through our own lens, based off of our own experiences. And once we can understand that for ourselves, and once we can start to take a look at how we criticize, how often we criticize, why we criticize, and we can go inward and explore what that looks like for ourselves, then we can actually start to see that the same processes that go on within us go on within others. And we can start to separate ourselves from other people being the defining script of the character, the, the character description of our lives and what we should and should not be doing and why we're doing it. And we can just take a step back and breathe, take a breath and realize we're all just in our own heads. We don't have to absorb the cruelty of other people. And also cruel criticism is an ego defense. So when we're judging something, we have to understand that there's a reason why we're judging it. Either the person has hurt us 
or the person has something that we want or something that we need or or we're envious or we're jealous or we're worried and it all comes from our own perception again and our own experiences and our own belief system so we have to realize that something is making us uncomfortable when we are judging like let's do a few examples so we have a belief and let's talk about wearing a mask or not wearing a mask now my belief is that we should always do something in the world that will make ourselves and other people safe so i believe in wearing a mask i also believe in giving room for people who are not always going to be able to apply uh, i'm sorry who are not going to be able to adhere to the rules for one reason or another um i do have to say that i'm glad that i fucked up right there because it gives me freedom so hopefully we can acknowledge that and move along so when it comes to someone wearing a mask and not wearing a mask there really are some people with medical conditions and I know that oxygen saturation is not one of them, but there are some people with medical conditions that can't wear a mask. We have to give flexibility. And when we judge people on solely having a morality issue for why they're not wearing a mask, it doesn't leave room for us to understand. And it doesn't leave room for us to say, let me ask why before assuming why. Let me ask when, let me ask how, instead of assuming. Because it's when we assume that we really are just going off of whatever is in our own head and we're not absorbing important information that we can be gathering from our environment and from what we are judging to make a more accurate analysis of what the hell is going on. My reason for that example is to just remind you that you should ask. You should inquire, you should explore, you should observe everything and pause before you react. Give yourself space between yourself and your impulses to judge, to criticize, to state your opinion right away because you believe so wholeheartedly that your opinion is so important. It is important, but it's equally as important to pause. And so here's another example when we criticize people that are addicted to drugs and alcohol. As an addiction professional and an addiction expert and the owner of an addiction treatment center, I, even, I hear people when I answer the phone for my treatment center and I hear parents that say things about their children who are addicted to drugs and alcohol, like he's just a liar. I know that all addicts are liars and he's just a fuck up and I don't know what to do about it. So can you help? I understand that that's coming from a place of pain. And so I'm not judging that and I'm not criticizing that because I understand it. But I think it's important to recognize that those statements are probably not only being said to me, they're probably being said to her son or their son. And that is harmful. That's harmful criticism. It's harmful judgment. It's, it's, it's not allowing ourselves to open up to the underlying cause of why someone becomes addicted to drugs and alcohol. So those are two examples, two relevant examples. Drug and alcohol use is increasing so much right now because of the pandemic. There are There is such a cultural divide in the United States of America where I reside between believing that all lives matter and believing that black lives matter with those hashtags and the dichotomy between our partisan government and everything that's going on. There's just so much judgment and so much criticism and there's such a lack of an ability to like fucking pause and go, wait, how much of this is just me pushing my beliefs? How much of this is fear? How much of this is an ego defense? How much of this lack of compassion for others that comes out so clearly in my criticism is actually a lack of self-compassion and actually an indicator of a lack of compassion that I haven't received in my life for as long as I can remember. It's very important that we realize that when we criticize, it really shows a lot about who we are. When we are criticizing in a cruel, or destructive fashion.
When we are cruel to people, when we criticize them in a destructive way, we're also missing the fact that we all live in a collective consciousness. Like all of our minds are connected. And if you don't believe that or you don't understand what that means, it means that my beliefs alter my actions. My actions affect the energy in the world in terms of if I drive my car to certain speed or not, it will determine perhaps if you hit the red light behind me or you don't. And that's going to affect how much time it takes for you to get to work, which is going to affect if you maybe make that last phone call before five o'clock or not, which will affect that person's life and so on and so on and so on. And so everywhere that we live in our heads, everything that we do in the world affects each other. So when we are being cruel, when we are not taking the time to think about how are my actions, how are my thoughts, how are my feelings, how are my statements going to affect other people, we create a separateness. We create a divide in our collective consciousness. We say, I am better, therefore I am going to tell you how you need to be and point out all of the issues that I have with what it is that you're doing or saying or thinking or feeling. Um, and, and then I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm just gonna hold the divide. I'm gonna grow the divide and grow the separateness. And this, this creates, it just creates separateness. It creates an inability for us to connect, an inability for the person that you're speaking to or the person that you're writing to, to feel seen like a human being. And that really is so much of what goes missed is that you're not like, and this is like with parents with children too, like especially young children. Like I have a toddler and oh my God, he can be so loud sometimes. And he, you know, in this stage of being one and a half, almost two, children don't know that we have our own thought processes. Children don't know that, that they're separate than us. They're still learning and developing their own ego and developing their own sense of identity and that their body is separate than everyone else's. And so the toddlers at this age will pull, they'll just pull you and push you and yell at you and say your name over and over again because they don't realize that you are on your own stream of life. They only are aware of theirs and they want to bring you into it. And so I understand that when like parents that aren't, as conscious as they can be, they will talk to the behavior. They will talk to like, stop doing that. And they're really upset about the behavior, but they're missing that there's a person. There is an actual soul within that child that is observing and learning and having emotions and that doesn't understand a lot of the things that you're saying. And, and so I get it, I get it. And I also wish that there was more of a more capable parents, or I should say a more capable society that can give parents the ability to be more capable to understand emotions and pause and wait and, and give, give their children time to learn before they just yell and scream and criticize and judge and punish cruel and destructive criticism can be a punishment. And when we become an adult and we forget that we are talking to another human being and we forget that we are part of a collective consciousness and we forget that our words can hurt people and that even simply changing the way that we word them or taking certain words out or putting certain words in, that it can make all the difference. That the human being that you're speaking to can really hear what it is that you have to say. So when it comes to this email that I got about the podcast, I had the somatic response and then I realized this is the best fucking example of constructive criticism. And I don't know if this man, I'm assuming, I apologize, let's say if this person like is an expert in constructive criticism or what, but it had all of the parts I felt of the best constructive criticism that maybe I've ever seen. And I actually, I recently hired someone to be the clinical director of my treatment center and she is amazing at this as well. And so I'm just very excited to share this with you all because as someone who has 
25 years of self-criticism and 25 years of hearing all of the bullshit that my own self-criticism has caused other people to say about me and think about me. Um, these two, like just this example of this email and the way that like it made me feel, I think it will be super helpful for you. I think for you as the listeners to your unconscious is showing, this is going to help you not only when I break down what constructive criticism is and how you can identify it and how you can provide it, um, it's going to just help you see when you are not receiving constructive criticism and become aware that unconsciously for the person that's giving you cruel or destructive criticism, it's either an ego defense or, or it's a lack of self-compassion and or it's just them being uneducated on consciousness and how to really speak to another human being and be a productive member of society because being a productive member of society is not just working. It's not just volunteering. Being a productive member of society is knowing what the fuck you do that hurts other people or what you can do that hurts other people and then you don't do that. And then you also learn how you can actually be a helpful human being in the words that you say and the things that you think and the things that you feel and all of that shit matters. And I'm going to show you how to do that when it comes to cons constructive criticism right now. But before we get to that, what I want to do is I want to talk to you guys about a few studies on criticism that have come out in the year 2020, which is the year that we're in. And this is such a year of criticism, both cruel and destructive, and also constructive. And so I want to just tell you guys about the importance. Why is this important? Why is it important that we're talking about criticism? So I have them written down, so I'm going to be glancing down every now and then for those of you who are watching this on YouTube. Um, and for those of you who are just listening to the podcast, you should know that I do have this available on YouTube and it has graphics and video and it's very intriguing. So I would encourage you to go check it out and to subscribe to my YouTube. Um, you can just search The Truth Doctor or Dr. Courtney Tracy and it will come up for you. So the first one has to do with our childhood and the experiences that we go through when we are a child, when it comes to our parents and how does that affect us later on in life. I found this really interesting study that came out in the Journal of Adolescence and Youth. And I wanted to, focus on body image for this one. Childhood judgment and how that changes or alters what we think about ourselves when we are older. So body image and then also just a general sense of self-worth. So interestingly enough, this, this study found that when we're younger and we are criticized by our mother, that affects us, and this is mainly for young adults, but I've realized that the majority of my audience right now is young adults, so this applies. When we are younger, when we're a child, and we are judged by our mother specifically, then between the ages of 18 and 23, this is when whatever those criticisms were that were negative and not constructive come up for us the most. We've started to develop a sense of autonomy. We've started to develop a sense of individuality and we've started to develop this desire to want to connect with other people. And because we're still sort of separating from our mother, and of course, I don't have details into anyone who lost their mother or anyone who was raised only by their father or anyone who was raised in the foster care system or has been adopted or had different types of caregivers. And so please just think about this in terms of how it may apply to your life. Because um, I don't want to assume based off of an actual study how this may be applied to a variety of different ways. But so maternal criticism, criticism from our mother from when we were a child, it really affects us between the ages of 18 and 23. And that's because we still sort of have this bond with our mother. We still are looking for her admiration and her affection and her acceptance her acceptance because we've just left our adolescence. We've just left this container that was a safety container. Um, and so it affects us most during those years. And then paternal, which is criticism that's given to us by our father, paternal criticism affects us most between the ages of 24 and 28. And what, why? What the study implies 
that the reason why our mother's criticisms of us matter more in the very beginning of our adulthood and why our father's criticisms affect us a lot more after the first few years of our adulthood is because in the beginning um, of our adulthood, what we're trying to do is we are trying to connect with our own sense of self-love and we primarily identify whether we are worthy or not from our mother's love. Now our father in most typical households or the nuclear family or the historical societal context of what families used to be like when the gender roles were still very much defined and ingrained in at least American society, we start to go into the workforce. We start to want to be able to take care of ourselves and take care of our families and identify ourselves as integrating into society and finding a partner that will either take care of us if we want to fall into that nuclear family dynamic or that we can take care of. And a lot of the times our father is the main figure of power and safety. And so it shifts from our mother to our father, according to this study, that the criticisms, cruel and destructive that we have experienced as children affect us differently based on the parent. And one thing that I can say, and this is of course an assumption because I have not done a study on this, but for anyone who has lost a parent that was once very, very critical of you, I would say and hypothesize that you may be left with an, an unanswered, ruptured sense of self because your parent has has left you without any sense of being able to reconcile, without, be, without any sense of being able to come to terms, receive an apology, see if they change, ask them what the reasoning for that was, um, you're left without that. And so maybe, maybe you still have your parent and it's a ruptured relationship as well. And so it's just important to realize how much our parents and what they think about us affect us in our adulthood. When they criticize us, it affects us on every level. It affects if we are able to feel like we should be loved, if we can love ourselves, if we are employable, if we can make ourselves feel safe, if we're seen, if we're heard, if we are accepted. So that's the childhood, that's childhood criticism. And I'm sure that it's pretty clear that when we are criticized by our parents in our childhood, that, it's, that it affects us in our adulthood. But I think it's very interesting to consider the concept that if we are at a point in our lives where we are trying to love ourselves and trying to feel accepted in that form that perhaps what our mother has stated about us or not stated about us in terms of criticism can affect us and then when we are more so concerned about integrating into society and taking care of ourselves and being able to have power in our own lives that what our father has stated about us in terms of criticism can come up for us more so and surface more so in that way. Also, I think it's really important that we talk about self-criticism. And I found a study that I just really want you to know because it's super important. And the summary of this study that was found in the Journal of Psychology from this year is that to an extent, self-criticism can lead to suicidality. So. And why is that important? It's important because we have a fucking epidemic of people who are wanting to end their lives, of people who are feeling so lost, so disconnected, so unaccepted that they would rather not exist. And we have this underlying voice, this constant sound of self-criticism through the things that we've been through in life and the things that other people have said about us. And sometimes when it's mixed with certain other aspects of our personality or of our presenting symptoms or of our thoughts and our emotions and our feelings and our behaviors and our beliefs, that it can tend to lead to suicidal tendencies or suicidal behaviors or suicidal thoughts. And this study specifically said that if we have self-criticism, severe self-criticism, and we have anxious or avoidant attachment, which I will get into attachment at a later date, but please look that up if you are interested in it. And if we are dependent on others. So, and this is sort of like in a dependency type of manner. So not necessarily that we have dependence and that, and that we are dependent on people, but that we actually are potentially codependent and we have anxious or attachment, anxious or avoidant attachments and we self-criticize, it can lead to suicidality. Now, why? Because self-criticism that's cruel or destructive and not constructive 
it leads us to having a reduction in self-compassion. And when we're not compassionate towards ourselves, then that means that we're not accepting a lot of who we are. And when we don't accept a lot of who we are, then we feel fractured. We feel like our existence is diminished. Our existence can be perceived as pointless, can be perceived as so confusing and so painful because of the criticism and the lack and the pain and the suffering that we wanna end our lives. So when we are talking about criticism, please be mindful that when you are critical of other people in a non-constructive way, not only will that affect your perception of the world, but it's going to affect what those people think about themselves and it's going to cause likely an increase in self-judgment and self-criticism in themselves. And that can lead to suicidality. Like we just don't know. We can't, you know, walk around ju or judge people on social media, walk around the mall, walk around a bunch of places and know automatically if people are codependent, know if they're dependent on something else, know if they have anxious or avoidant attachment styles, know if they're already self-critical. And so we have to really be careful in terms of going back to this collective consciousness that we're all in. We have to be careful that we are not creating divisiveness, that we are not creating separateness and that we are not creating intentionally or unintentionally a reason for someone to not wanna live. We have to be mindful of our words. We have to be mindful of the things that we say and why we say them and how we say them. Okay, let's see, what else? Okay, so let's get into constructive criticism. I think that the first very important thing for you guys to know is that if you have been criticized in a cruel or destructive fashion in the past, or if you have done this towards someone, you can, studies show that you can still help improve this person's life by adjusting the way that you continue to engage in any type of criticism with them. So, let's see. The study that I found that came out this year was in Couple and Family Psychology, the Journal of Couple and Family Psychology, and it said that in an individual person, we can change their mood, their affect, and the trajectory of their life when they are emerging as adults by providing them with a current feeling of being seen, heard, and accepted. So we can take the destructive and cruel criticism that we may have received or that we may have provided and adjust that, whether it's changing our own self-criticism after we've been criticized cruelly or changing the way that we criticize others moving on for the rest of our lives, hopefully, in a more constructive fashion to literally help the world be a better place. Our belief system can change. Our behaviors can change. The way that we talk and think, the way that we talk to and think about other people can change. It can change and therefore it can change and increase the betterment of society, The 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 level of goodness that exists in the world. There are three parts to constructive criticism. And let me read what they are because I don't wanna fuck them up. One, this is, this is, okay. Three parts of constructive criticism. One, you believe that the person cares for you and respects you. So what this means is that when someone is criticizing you, and the thing is, is like the, even right now, the, when I say the word criticize, it comes off like it feels like it has this negative connotation and and you know it's just a word like the word criticism it's just a word it means to like ana analyze and provide feedback and like judge something and the fact that society typically has judgment and criticism and feedback that's negative and just ends that here's the problem here's what i didn't like the end um, that it creates that negative connotation. But do yourself a favor, and for the rest of this, about 15 minutes of this podcast, consider that the word criticism isn't necessarily negative. It doesn't have to be negative, okay? So when it comes to the criticism, the three parts of constructive criticism, the first one being, you believe that the person cares for you and you respect them. So 
and, and it matters. So let's say that you want to provide feedback to someone. You want to provide them with constructive criticism. The first thing that you need to think about is you need to think about, does this person think I care about them? And that can be hard. If you've been an asshole to this person or if you've been a bitch to this person and you've treated them like shit before and just made them feel bad about themselves based off the, the things that you've said, then it's probably not likely that they're going to consider your criticism to be constructive. So prior to trying to provide constructive criticism, it's probably a good idea to just build more rapport and get to know this person better. So get this, get your relationship to a place where the person feels like you care about them, where the person can respect you because you, they don't feel threatened by you. They don't feel like you're just judging them to judge them. So that's the first part of constructive criticism. It's that you believe that the person cares about you and you respect them. And that's the other way. If you are providing feedback, the person believes that you care about them, that you care about them in your heart and, and they respect you because of who they know that you are. And that's very important as one piece of constructive criticism. The second one is that the feedback is well-intentioned there is a consideration to not overstep or upset this person's emotions whenever possible, and that, that we provide a path towards improvement. So let's take an example. Let's say that you have a family member that was doing something for you, doing a task for you, right? Let's say that we get past the part where you, you know that the family member cares about, or you know that you care about the family member and that they respect you because you guys have a good relationship. So the first step of constructive criticism has been met. There is care between you two and there is respect between you two and you guys are good family members. But then we get to the second one and you are trying to provide feedback about how you don't like that this person in your family did this task this way. And so it can either be well-intentioned or not. A well-intentioned, emotionally focused, um, improvable constructive criticism, for example, would be, I would really like in the future if you organize this in this way because it's really helpful for me for these reasons um, and it would make it easier for us to work together in the future. That sounds like constructive criticism. Ill intention in terms of a criticism of that way would be something like saying, I fucking hate that you did it like that. What is your problem? That doesn't feel well-intentioned. It feels like you're trying to make the person feel bad. And the goal of criticism, if it's constructive, should not be to make the person feel bad. It should not be to make the person feel judged and feel stupid. Your part as a human being in society, your part as a human being in having just simple interpersonal conversations with people should be that you're trying to improve the status of society. You're trying to improve your relationships. You're trying to improve the well-being of yourself and of the people around you. So be mindful of how you say it and why you say it. And I will get into some questions that you can ask yourself about is this constructive criticism that I'm receiving and is this constructive criticism that I am providing? So the first thing, just to recap, there is care and respect between you and the person. The feedback is well intended and it takes the other person's emotions into consideration and it not only lists a problem, but it also provides a solution or the desire to help the person find a solution. And the last one is that the person that you're talking to has to be able to absorb what it is that you're saying and consider it as something that's doable. So when we provide criticism to someone or we receive criticism and the, the only solution to the criticism is that we basically become a different person or just not do what we did at all ever again, that doesn't feel good. It's not constructive because then the solution to the problem that you've pointed out just really makes the person feel less than, really makes the person feel incapable. And so here are the questions when someone criticizes you, so like let's say you get an email, like the one that I got about the first episode of my podcast. Let's say that you get an email or you get a text message, you get a phone call, you're in a conversation. First, allow yourself to pause. Allow yourself to take a moment and say, okay, I just received criticism. Now I need to take a moment to figure out 
you know, cause you may have an initial reaction like I did, like a somatic reaction of like, oh shit, it's happening again. And all the pain and the suffering that you put yourself through because that pain surfaces and you have the somatic response and your thoughts and feelings go wild. Give yourself a moment to do some analysis, to see the criticism as just criticism and see it as a stop sign, as a sign for you to go, okay, wait, let me determine what type of criticism this is before I react in a non-helpful way, before I react by making myself feel bad about myself, before I react by creating distance between myself and this person or not doing what it is that I'm doing. Here are the questions to ask yourself. So you get, let's go with an email, you get this email. Here are the first questions that you should ask. Do I respect this person? And do they care about me? Do I respect this person? And do they care about me? Now, when I got the email about the podcast, the first thing that he said was, I wanted to put this in an email to you instead of a review, essentially because I care about you and I think you're great. So that answered those two questions for me right off the bat. And it may not be that easily seen in the other experiences that you all are going to go through in your life when it comes to being criticized or receiving judgment or feedback. But ask yourself those questions. Do you respect the person that is providing you feedback? Do you respect the person? Not are you supposed to respect them because you're, you're, because they're your parent or you're supposed to respect them because they're your friend or your boss. Do you respect them? And do they care about you? Do you think that what they are saying is meant to help you? Do they care about you as a person? Do they see you? And then that goes into the second series of questions, which is what do you think the intention of the feedback is? To care about you or to be cruel to you, to help you or to harm you? And it honestly is a lot more clear than you think about whether or not someone is trying to be harmful and helpful and care about you or be cruel to you, if you just take a moment to think about it. If you just take a moment to think about it. And this is really important because if we have been cruelly criticized for a lot of our lives, including us cruelly criticizing ourselves, then we can see all types of criticism as negative judgment and we can just push that shit down and make ourselves feel terrible about ourselves and just push people away. So we need to really be able to pause and observe. And also what we may do is we may take cruel criticism and see it as like it's supposed to be helpful because we feel like we are just a disaster. We feel like we are a mess. So everybody else in the world is right, even people that are trying to just be cruel to us. And if we can recognize that unfortunately there are people in the world that want to cause pain because they're in pain, then we can pause for a moment and we can say, this is just someone trying to cause me pain. And I'm just gonna recognize that it's their pain trying to cause me pain and not allow it to actually cause me pain because they are trying to be cruel and not care and they are trying to harm instead of help. So it's not well-intentioned, so keep that in mind. Now, what was great was that I got great feedback in the email and it appeared to be extremely well-intentioned. And part of the way that I knew that it was well-intentioned is that it came off as very caring versus cruel and it also came off as very helpful and not harmful because there was a solution provided and I really appreciated that. And his solution was instead of writing down verbatim everything that you want to say, I would encourage you to write bullet points instead and just speak like you do on your lives because trust me, people know you and they love you and I'm one of them, so give it a try. And that's what I'm doing here on this podcast today and I'm going all fucking for it because I'm also recording myself doing it and I'll be putting it on YouTube and making it very interesting for those of you who end up watching this on video form versus on your commute or if you're doing any household chores or whatever you're doing right now when you're listening to this. It's also for the third list of questions to ask yourself and I will recap these very shortly, is does this feedback motivate me and support my emotions? And this is really important 
And this goes back to, you should really only take feedback from someone that sees you as a human being, from someone that you know respects you and that you respect, because we have to acknowledge that human beings are emotional people. And we can really fucking forget that. Like a lot of the times we will intellectualize using the front part of our brain and we will just go into survival mode of judgment and putting it all out there and we will forget that about a third of our brain, and that's just generalizing it, is about emotion. We are emotional people. My treatment center is emotion focused. We can't forget about the fact that we are emotional beings running around the world trying to make the best decisions that we can, but that our emotions can be negative and lead to negative decisions, or they can be positive and lead to positive decisions, or they can be neutral and give us the opportunity to step back and observe everything that's going on around us. So when we act, when we criticize, when we receive criticism, we need to take a moment to think, is this an emotionally focused criticism? Like, are they considering what they know about me and that it may be harmful? And are they presenting it to me in a way that seems like they care? Are they presenting it in a way that I can be motivated by, that I can feel supported by? So those are the things that are really important for you guys to consider when it comes to constructive criticism. And I will repeat the questions. The first list of questions, do you respect this person? And do you feel like they care about you? And the second, what is the intention of the feedback? Is it to care about you or to be cruel to you? Is it to help you or is it to harm you? And finally, does the feedback motivate you? And does the feedback support you? And this is super important to take a moment and think about these things. Think about these things. My hope is that you all enjoyed this podcast. My hope is that the constructive criticism that I received on my 30th birthday, the day of the release of my first episode of my podcast, that the feedback that I received has made me better, has made me more authentic and raw and real. And one thing that I know that it has done is it's allowed me to show up. It's allowed me to show up as me. And I really encourage you all to take a moment and think, do I live my life based off of the constructive, helpful criticism that I've received in the past or in the present? Or do I live my life based off of the destructive and cruel criticism that I've received for decades from myself or from others and that I'm limiting myself? that I'm criticizing myself because people have been cruel to me in the past and now I'm being cruel to myself. Can we allow ourselves and give ourselves permission to be free from the cruel and destructive criticism, judgment and ridicule and perspectives that other people have placed onto us? Can we be free from other people's pain causing us pain? Can we be free from allowing other people's perspectives with ill intentions to affect our perceptions of who we are and what we're capable of? Can we see criticism? Can we receive criticism and pause and take a moment to explore, to ask these questions? Is this person trying to help me? Is this person trying to harm me? Is this person caring or cruel? Do I respect this person? Do I care about this person? Does this person care about me? Spend some time thinking about this and think about yourself and what you think about yourself and what you say to yourself. Is what you're saying to yourself because you care about yourself? Is it good and well intended? Does it help you grow? And where is it rooted in? Because a lot of the times we can take what other people say about us and think about us and we can absorb it and we can forget that it's not how we really felt about ourselves and it's not how we really thought about ourselves and now we have absorbed this cruel, this cruel intended perception 
and made it the way and the lens through which we see life. Let's stop doing that. Let's take this information from these studies and let's take the information from this podcast and let's shift our perspective. Let's change the fucking game. Let's be us and care about ourselves and do things that allow us to have a better life, think better about ourselves, and treat people better. My name is Dr. Courtney Tracy. I am known on social media as The Truth Doctor, and thank you for listening to my podcast, Your Unconscious is Showing. The next episode will be out in two weeks, and I encourage you to leave me comments and let me know what you'd like it to be about.